Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty and the gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But we're always coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. Hey, John, what are you sipping on? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, you caught me in the middle of something. Uh, right in the middle of a delicious sip of Russell's Reserve. Yeah, it's a little 10-year age statement bourbon. It's either made by a wild turkey or or um, Jim Beam. I can't remember which one. I can't one. remember either, um, but it's, it's delicious. It's one of their top shelf. It actually it, is really good. I'd never had it before. It's, it's helping settle my nerves post-fall. <laughs> John had a, a slip and fall accident. John busted ass walking out his front stairs on the way over here. It happens to the to like best of us. Pause and collect myself. I was like shaking. I was like glad no neighbors were out to point and laugh because it was, it was some home alone level tomfoolery i felt like oh man like head over heels oh yeah it was like he shot. flew like right out in front of me i had no idea what was going on anyway uh, how are you doing i'm i'm a i'm a slightly nasal i'm a little you sound beautiful weather, but you yeah sound beautiful. it's giving give me a little beautiful. gravelly uh oh it's sexy grasp oh yeah we're here to talk about a a true cult action movie i think it's more in more ways, in more than, ways one. than one That's yeah a, yeah but i <laughs> you know we're talking about cobra uh, 1986 uh, Sylvester Stallone vehicle uh, to be served. <laughs> uh, but I grew up watching this a lot. I, I did think. not. This it was, was on one of the cable channels on a regular basis. This was one of those that was not in regular rotation, nor did we have it on a bootleg VHS. It certainly didn't need to be, but it's like the it's the companion piece to uh, Over the Top, I feel like. It's the other Stallone canon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just Coke-fueled. Like what the hell How is this, this movie? movie happen? Who, 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 who okay, this go, well, we know that going Globe is dead. Yeah. yeah. Our good friend Menachem Golan did. Right. And we'll mention the producers. It's, it's our boys. Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus. Yeah. Those guys. And they're, so you know, this is good. Their crazy way of movie making, <laughs> which is lots of product placement. <laughs> Let Stallone do whatever Stallone wants like to do. Like literally have, you know that they were just saying, yeah, whatever you feel like doing, man, we they just got to get some Pepsi and beer in there. They had like a two picture deal with him. It was this one and over the top. And I feel like they just, this is what happens when you give Stallone, I should say, Post steroids, yeah, and cocaine-driven Stallone, like full creative control yeah. over a movie. This is what you get. He's like, I want no pushback from anyone. This is my picture. I feel like that's what's going on with the director. This guy George P. Cosmatos, or, yeah, Cosmatos or Cosmatos, who directed first Rambo, First Blood Part Two, right, and Tombstone. 
Although <laughs> my understanding on Tombstone is that he got like thrown off the movie oh, really, really early and that 90% of the movie was directed by Kurt Russell. That's badass. Which is great. Yeah, yes. that's awesome. Um, that's probably why but, it turned out so good because you you get you kind of get the feeling that this Cosmatos guy or Cosmatos, like that he was something of a pushover, one would think, yeah. dealing with Stallone. But yeah, written by one Sylvester Stallone. And boy, does it show. You may have heard of him. <laughs> I love that apparently <laughs> the entire movie was born just because Stallone wanted to play a character named Cobra. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what though like i i sort of admire that because I, I was talking to you just a moment ago i got this buddy matt and matt if you're listening hello my friend that like he was talking about it today he was just like you know what i've wanted to do and i got tired of not doing so i did and he like wrote a screenplay and so i kind of get that like but i i admire stallone just being like i've got one idea and i'm gonna uh, this is the germ that I'm going to ride. going to be the coolest, toughest motherfucker that's ever lived, and his name's Cobra. This is the person that I wish that I could be, <laughs> and that's probably true. It made me think of the um, the Rick James Chappelle. <laughs> I think cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Uh, but it was also based on the book a Fair can, Game. It can't have been. By Paula Gosling. Mm-hmm. The 1995 Cindy Crawford and a... Billy Baldwin movie Fair Game oh, yeah. is also based on the same book, apparently. You would never notice. I know the two movies bore little resemblance to each other other than that it's a cop protecting a woman. And there's a, a model. And she, I guess she's and, a model. And a hot woman, I suppose. Yeah. I have no idea what the particulars of the book are, but I also read some shit where at the time that the movie was coming out, Stallone was like pushing hard for there to be a re, like another edition of the book printed, a republishing of the book with himself credited as a co-author. What the fuck? And I'm like, Paula, that's, I hope Paula was no, like, she no, said, thanks. hell no. No, thank you. Even though I guess it would have been a little, probably a payday for her. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been a novelization of the movie or if he just <laughs> wanted a, a reprinting of the same book with his name on the cover to, why, why to not coincide just a, with why the not release. Why just a reprinting saying now a major motion picture, which they do all the time. Yeah, like, but he wanted his name on the shit. He, starring Sil- Sylvester but he Stallone. wanted an author credit that's on so the stupid <laughs> it's like that's some John F. Kennedy shit where he was like I want a Pulitzer or people aren't gonna think that I'm impressive and so he basically got someone else to write a book for him it's better than making fake time man of the year covers with yourself on it like some other recent presidents what <laughs> but yeah that is some like some narcissistic and drug fueled crazy you, ideas. You just, you've just described 1980s <laughs> Sylvester Stallone to a T. Yes, I, this starring Stallone also. This is his most coked out like diva era Stallone. <laughs> the back half of the 80s yeah. was like insane shit. Between this and over the top and Tango and Cash. Like a truck. Fucking uh, Tango Rocky and Cash Four was Man, wild. I, I have blocked Tango and Cash out since, since we <laughs> yeah, talked about it. That was like the culmination of it all. Uh, well, we need to we need to drag out Stop or My Mom Will Shoot too because I that never movie saw that. Sucks. I never saw that, and I never saw Oscar. I don't remember the, like, Oscar the at all. Gangster it, comedy. Yeah, I remember it being a comedy, but I don't remember I seeing it. Was, that. It was like, like a period piece mob movie comedy. Yeah, crazy shit. Yeah, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, will shoot was terrible and like poor Estelle Getty like was at the at the right end of herself like with dementia and everything you may you may like or dislike Rocky 4 I mean it's an it's I empirically like not a good movie but it is 
good. It's fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, it's entertaining. But between like Rocky Four and Cliffhanger, I was looking at Stallone's biography and he didn't make a good movie for like an eight year span. It was all just this type of dog shit. And it didn't matter. No, nah, they were still making money, I yeah. think. Yeah. But yeah, like still Rocky box Five was bad. I mean, it was just a Rocky lot of a lot of bad shit happening. Yeah. Oh, I want to say I just want to add the DP Rick Oh wait in this movie. Yeah. Forty eight hours. Red Dawn, Adventures in Babysitting, which is a personal 80s favorite of mine. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Footloose, Brewster's Millions, Rambo 3. So, okay. I mean, this, yeah, this guy fucked pretty hard. That's interesting. I've got a bit of trivia that I'll save for later on, okay. but where the just the Stallone and the dude were like beefing on set. Oh, I'm sure because this dude, this dude knows what with he's his, doing. And I think he wouldn't put up with Sto- Stallone's like diva shit. Yeah. Like, I don't like the way you're lighting me. Like he yeah, did well, pull that shit on uh, Tango and Cash. I don't like the way you're lighting me. You're gone, Barry Sonnenfeld. <laughs> you Oscar winner. You hack. Yeah, fuck you. Um, Who else is in this movie? Mrs. Stallone. <laughs> yeah, that's Brigitte right. Brigitte Nielsen. Who must have just also been coked out of her mind. Oh, dude, those you two. You ruined her, right? Like he, I, feel like, I feel like he led to her downfall. I, I like to imagine that she was like an innocent flower plucked from, you know, a meadow somewhere in Denmark by uh, Dino De Laurentiis for... Red she, had, she had natural chops, as we've talked about before. Like there was something there. There was a, a talent there. Yeah. That then was way laid waste by Stallone. I think Stallone. I imagine Stallone saw her like maybe on Red Sonja and was like, I want I must have her. He probably Cast called her, her for he Rocky probably called her that. I want that. <laughs> so he put her in Rocky four and I think they were like married by the end of 1985. And then they did this shit. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also stars Brian Thompson as the killer. One of the weirdest, like what most look. distinct looking human beings I've ever seen him. Like very, is sort of a uh, Schwarzenegger Cro-Magnon thing. He's going so on. intense looking. Yeah. Right. The, the dude was in Lionheart as okay. well as the Van Damme flick. He was in Terminator. He was one of like, um, Bill Paxton and his little trio of punks at the right. beginning. One of them okay. was Brian Thompson, and he had a recurring part on X Files. Nice. And he he works quite a bit still. Um, Good for Brian Thompson. We salute you, sir. You made it out of this unscathed. <laughs> and then we have the beautifully named Rennie Santoni. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. He was in Dirty Harry, and he played Poppy in Seinfeld. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, this dude's got range, and he still works as well. That's awesome. Good for Rennie. Yeah, one of the more memorable roles in this movie. It sort of seems like it could actually be a, a real-life human being. But, yeah, this was a weird time where Stallone was cranking out these super short action movies. Mm-hmm. This one's 87 minutes, including all of our credit sequences and montages and everything. Of which there are plenty. And music videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a music video in the middle. I mean, I feel like this movie could be probably 75 minutes long if you just cut it down to the actual story. It could have been an, like an HBO episode of something. Yeah, crazy shit. But short actor, short movies. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the saying? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but like between Rocky 3 and Rambo 3, that era of Stallone, like 83 to 89, all his movies were clocking in at like 90 minutes long. It's because he was Wild. so coked up. That's why I think it, when everyone on the set is just like coked out of their mind, yeah. it probably like makes sense. Like, let's just keep this shit as short as possible. They should they should bring cocaine back, I think, maybe. <laughs> movies are getting out of hand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's the movie. I'm excited to talk I'm about excited it. I'm excited too. Because this movie is a target rich uh, <laughs> film. It is, it, is, it is ripe for the treatment, <laughs> as we like to say. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it 
It starts with the Warner Brothers logo. Then we get the Canon Group Production, a Golan Globus. That's like quality. Mark of quality. You're like quality, and then maybe not. So yeah, it's much. like it's gonna be. In, in hindsight, you know it's gonna be dog shit, but you still <laughs> love it. It's like, yeah, it's like your drunk uncle is coming to visit. You're like, he's what's he gonna bring me? So we get an extreme close up of the image of a cobra on the grip of a pistol, which was it was already cocked. Like yeah. the gun is like he was pulled out of his. Out of, his, out of his skinny jeans. With the fucking hammer back I already. I, say, I, I mean, I sort of wear skinny jeans, but these were like ludicrous. They were painted on. He was, yeah, this was at that point where he wanted, he needed people to know how skinny he was yeah. and everything like that. So we get the most affected voiceover maybe ever from Stallone slash Cobra in America. There's a burglary every, like, I can't even tell, like, what the fuck the voice that he's trying to do is like, there's a burglary every 11 seconds. An armed robbery. He sounds like he's trying to do like his take on a gangster voice or something. Anyway, he says an armed robbery every 65 seconds. A violent crime every 25 seconds. A murder every 24 minutes. And he ends with the biggie and 250 rapes a day. He like savored the rapes. Yeah. Delivery. While he's he's talking, the gun is slowly turning and fires on the rapes (laughs) line, sending a bullet hurtling at the viewer and revealing the movie's title card. Uh, we transition to a montage of a motorcyclist silhouetted against a red sky, and this is intercut with a man with two double-headed axes wading <laughs> through some water. The shit with the red sky, though, was cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was an amazing shot. I really liked that. Um, the man with the axes has a distinct tattoo of a skull and two axes crossed on his wrist. Just clearly going to be important, yeah, I guess, because like, they, they show it a lot. Yeah. He clanks his axes together in like a rhythm, like clang, clang, and we see that he's in a very stylishly lit warehouse filled with people with axes all doing the same thing. <laughs> there's so, little, there's no doubt yeah, so these are the bad guys. Immediately it's like okay, so the more than one bad guy is what you're telling me. Whose job was it to hang all like the shredded bed sheets from the ceiling yeah like like who, like who's the leader of the club that's made for you and me no that was like uh, <laughs> like we need some ba- we need some decorations in here it was also guys. like will someone go take this spotlight and set it up behind that giant industrial fan <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was all smoky in there yeah, there, yeah the water like standing water on the floor it was just an odd yeah it's a very strange setup. place uh, the the people all seem to be dressed in a variety of uh, different styles of clothing, from leather like leather daddies to business guys. <laughs> Wasn't that shit weird? Yeah, it was very strange. So it's like it doesn't matter who you are. We we accept <laughs> people from all walks of life into our death cult. It seemed like some of those dudes were like on their lunch break from whatever <laughs> yeah, from H and R Block. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck was going on. So I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'll be right back, you guys. Uh, Sir, wait, Bob, why are you taking the axe? Why are you taking the fire axe from the wall? Uh, uh, don't don't look at me. That was, that was him. Some of the dudes like had hatchets and weird, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't was even all like, manner. No, it's, it's not uniform. It's like any hatchet will do. Any axe will do. So the skull and cross axes are graffitied on the walls in the building. So this is like yeah, a fun little murder cult. Um, and then I immediately thought of any luck catching them killers. That is the first of many times that that occurred to me. So. It's just the one killer, actually. So we see the motorcyclist. Yeah, has the same tattoo that we're seeing everywhere else. And already what could have been a great element of storytelling is given away right off the bat. There's a lot of hyper stylized, like the walleye vision. Yeah. Also in this, that was just like, it's like we just walked onto a Beastie Boys video. Yeah, or whatever. It was like, wild. whatever you want to do. do uh, it. Just make sure I'm 
the V is deep and that I'm well lit. <laughs> so we cut to a supermarket decorated for Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, John. Yeah. Hey, Christmas it is. Movie. That's right. This is a Christmas. We should have saved this for December. Yeah. So uh, the biker from our montage, I guess, that's what we're supposed to intuit, pulls up and parks in a handicapped space and scares some birds. <laughs> just in case we didn't know he was a bad guy. First right? of many times in this opening scene that just is like, oh, we just get scenes of like shots of birds flying away. It was probably inspired John Woo. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but just over and over again. Yes. No. And, and probably the, they were like, the editor is like, we need more time. This movie's 30 minutes Imagine long. Imagine being like the second unit director or whatever. I need you to go shoot me some footage of birds flying off like uh, power lines or whatever. Okay. All yeah. right. Sounds pretty good. I'll be back. So our our motorcyclist is wearing all black. Wait, what was up with like the the domestic dispute? There was like a domestic dispute going oh, yeah. on in the parking lot. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. Like, I don't know like why that's happening. I guess just because the holidays are hard for a lot of people. Like, <laughs> I was, was that supposed to mean something? I don't, like I don't society know. is in decline. I, I think that's what it's probably supposed to mean is that people park in handicapped parking spaces when they're not handicapped and there's a domestic guys are just strong arming their girl in <laughs> I the mean, parking it's lot. Like, it's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> it felt, yeah, it felt like uh, it was supposed to be like Detroit in Robocop or something like that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. So yeah, the guy's wearing all black. He's sort of just zombie-like walking into the supermarket with not, I won't even call it purpose, just weirdly, slowly, dead, yeah. like a dead person moving in. That and dude was Marco Rodriguez. Why do, what do I recognize him from? He works a lot. He's still, still, like, he has a very recognizable face. He was, um, he, I mean, he has like five credits every year. He's one of those dudes, but he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was like the bartender who was serving Leo and Timothy Oliphant, okay. like on the TV show, yeah, the yeah, Mexican yeah, yeah, yeah. bartender, whatever. Um, he was, the, also the manager of Kenny Powers baseball team in Mexico and eastbound in town. That's awesome. But yeah, he works a ton and he gives like a, a really good performance, I thought. Yeah, for I mean, what, what he is supposed to be in this movie, which is insane. So yeah, inside in the grocery store, he bumps into a guy, pushes a woman in her cart out of the way. He's just there's like, like a little kid in the car single mindedly just like just like elbowing people out of the way <laughs> and being generally menacing. Yeah, which then prompts a store employee to confront him. The guy seems to take no notice of the employee who's like, excuse me. Uh, he, t he takes <laughs> off his, the motorcycle guy, takes off his aviators, whips open his pea coat and produces a shotgun and just starts blasting up the you know, vegetable aisle. <laughs> the, he was brutalizing the melons, yeah. <laughs> like the fucking cantaloupes, the honeydews. <laughs> so this made me start thinking, oh, and I'll talk more about it, but it's like, so customers are scrambling for covers. The guy continues to shoot up the store. And while this is happening, we get a, a brief flashes of the skull and crossbones insignia and axe blades. So yeah. it, it, we get the, you know, he's part he of this He was in a cult. trance or some he shit, He doesn't right? really seem at this point to be aiming at people, just causing yeah. destruction. He shot that one shopping cart that inexplicably just yeah, like so yeah, jumped point, up in the air. A woman scoots out from behind her cart where she'd been hiding and he fires at the cart when he could have clearly yeah, killed the woman. Yeah. So it makes me start to think like this cult is like brainwashed people, sort of like... uh uh well, any kind of terrorist group does with their, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, with, uh, and, and maybe he's like working up the nerve to finally be able to shoot a person. Like he hasn't gotten to that point yet. I don't know. Yeah. Because he's, he could have killed several people, but he hasn't. It could be that he didn't want to kill the people until he had an audience. Until he had there, the TV like cameras. The TV that makes and sense. the police yeah. and all that yeah. shit. So uh, this is, again, we, we keep getting these random shots of birds during all this. <laughs> birds flying away. He also fired off like at least eight consecutive 
shots, which I don't think is vegetables. possible with a shotgun. No, he there would have there would have needed. Well, I, I'm not sure. Do are there some shotguns that have like expanded mag? Like you I have think a mag? so, but this that one did didn't though. That this was like one not. that would hold three to five mags that he would need to yeah reload quickly. So anyway. Uh, we cut to the outside of the store. Police have converged on the scene. There's helicopters, SWAT, ambulances. Then a button-down suit. That's Detective Monte, Andrew Robinson, who looks familiar. I didn't bother looking him up, but he lo- he has a very familiar face as well. He was the evil, like the serial killer Scorpio in Dirty Harry. He was like, but he was a much younger man. Okay, yeah. In that. He was also in Hellraiser. But yeah, he's just one of those dudes. I think he works a lot. Yeah. And he's in a lot of shit. A lot of TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah, so this... Detective Monte gets on a bullhorn and says that they want to talk to the guy. There's no need for violence and that there's no way out of the situation except by talking to the police. Back inside, the shooter singles out one man, puts the barrel of the shotgun under the guy's chin and tells him, you can leave. (laughs) And the guy is like, okay, starts to like make his way down the fucking international foods aisle or cereal or whatever it is. And the shooter racks the shotgun. That was ominous. Yeah. Back outside. He's like, fuck back outside. Another cop, captain Sears. This is Art LaFleur who, who is in, Tons of shit. He was Babe Ruth Babe in the Ruth Sandlot. Babe Ruth in Sandlot, yes. Legends exactly. get remembered. That's right. But heroes never die. Yeah. He was also a ball player in Field of Dreams. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he he's another one of those he dudes. He winked at me. He's in a million things. Yeah. yeah. So he he tells Monty that this uh, negotiating's pointless and to to call, quote, the Cobra, which seems to really like Monty's very like reserved about. He's like unwilling to do this, but he does it. So back inside, the shooter aims his shotgun at the customer who he just told could leave. The guy tries to make a run for it. And then we get some weird ass like JFK shooting physics. <laughs> the guy's like rounding the corner of the aisle, like right towards the end cap. And the shooter, uh, like he lets the guy get a lot of distance before he blows him away. Yeah. But he, as the guy's rounding a corner, he shoots him. He's making it like a right hand turn. Yeah, making a right hand turn. And then he shoots him again and he flies off to the left. <laughs> right into the Christmas tree. You're right into the aisle, the, the end cap Christmas tree, which I'm like, what? Is, yeah, they're fucking, up, they're fucking up the holiday decor. But also physics, the physics are not make a thing. No sense, Doesn't make, yeah. It, yeah, it's just like Stallone probably like, it'd be, you know, it'd be a great idea if you flew into the Christmas tree. We could have him turn left. No. No. You already shot him turning right. No, wait, what? <laughs> so we cut to an old hot rod. This is yeah. a gorgeous 1950 Mercury Monterey. Come do it a power slide, <laughs> a Mario Kart style into the parking lot. That car was apparently Stallone's personal vehicle. And then they made up some like replicas for the the chases and the stunts and all v- that later. Vanity plate reads awesome 50, which yeah. it, because I guess it's a 1950, but also... Um, read that that car is one of a billion cars of that design called a lead sled because the thing weighed a fucking ton. Oh, yeah? And unless it was seriously modded out, would never be able to do the things that it can do in this movie. Yeah, okay. Like that power slide. Like, it's so fast, and it moves oh, so agile. We're going to see it fly yeah, later. Yeah, and, and it, like, it couldn't <laughs> do those. Anyway, so, but the car is fucking badass. Yeah, it was sweet. Out steps... Stallone. I I always hesitate to call him Cobra because I feel like his Sylvester Stallone playing the version of himself that he wished that he could be, which is a mess. Just this is, yeah. that could kill people with impunity. He wrote his own fantasy he role is, for himself. It is it is white male rage personified. <laughs> it is motorcycle boots, cuffed up jack, black cuffed up jack. I think it's denim, uh-huh. unbuttoned Henley down to the. Like almost to his navel, but no, seriously, right to <laughs> the breastbone. Deeper. Deeper. Mirror aviators, driving gloves, 
pistol tucked into the front of his pants. No holster for for this no, guy. No, no. And right then, on top of his dick and balls. He doesn't have he doesn't have a toothpick in his mouth. He has a matchstick. Right? Is it more utilitarian? Like you what? Why? Well, he'll Why need it. Stick? He'll need it in the third act. <laughs> you never. I guess it's like he has an oral fixation. Yeah, he doesn't smoke. No, and and I guess it's just he's in his mind. He's like, you never know when you're gonna need a match. <laughs> One single match. I just imagine that gun is just cocked all the time as well, just like pointed directly. And, and it smells at like his, his dick. <laughs> dick sweat. Dick sweat on it. So Cobra is met outside by his partner Gonzalez, who looks like he wandered onto the wrong set. No, I felt like Gonzalez had a cool ass look. He had a cool look, but he looks like he's like should be a newsies or something. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm and I wear that. I wear that new that page boy hat. But it, it's like Standing next to Stallone is like the fuck is this dichotomy? I read that Stallone had described Cobra as like his idea was if Bruce Springsteen had a gun, <laughs> which I guess Bruce was like also the epitome of cool and well, in '85, right? But or to me, this this reads if Stallone had a gun, which he, <laughs> which he most assuredly did at all times. I feel like though, I feel like this was Stallone at his coolest looking. Yeah. I don't know. Look Lincoln, on the poster. Lincoln Hawk was good. The poster is something that I remember seeing in the yeah. Visitech, the Jasper, Georgia video store. Yeah. I remember seeing the poster oh, so and cool. seeing him like hold the gun and with like the, the mirror with the glasses, Yeah, the glasses and like this little like wisp of smoke, but that it looked like flames or something coming out of the tip of the gun. The hairline was still hanging in there <laughs> before he started fucking with it. Yeah. It was like, I feel like this was he, he had peaked. Yeah, this was this was peak Stallone looking badass. So uh, they go to meet Monty for a debrief, and Monty immediately says, "I don't approve of you being here." <laughs> like no no non sequitur. I don't approve of you being here. Every cop movie has this guy though. Uh, it's like LOL, the, okay. the tight ass boss who doesn't approve of the hero's methods. Message delivered, my guy. But the most impressive <laughs> thing in these shots to me was like. How are they managing to hide the reflection of the crew and the camera in the in Stallone's glasses? The DP is I killing was, it. I was pausing my disc, like going frame by frame, and I could not see it. So that yeah. was some good work. Yeah, they had it set up nice. Inside, the gunman is rounding up the hostages. Meanwhile, Cobra walks right through the front door. He does not <laughs> remove his sunglasses. Uh, There's nothing at all sneaky about anything that no. he does here. Like why he just. Bold as day, walk right through the front door. So he's like dramatically creeping. <laughs> well, then, like I, again, and we're gonna get. So what? Yeah, he like immediately shushes a hostage cowering on the floor. He spots the gunman on a security monitor, and I can't for the life of me figure out the layout of this store. Like the why is there a security monitor right there next to the fucking front door? Yeah, I guess that well, was like maybe that's it's was there now there wasn't a proper security maybe just the manager or the floor manager hangs out. Yeah, but that's not like I guess it's sort of is or maybe something? it is sort of right like right next to it so that they it have was, a It was it was like view. in the customer service desk or something. I know something. in the in the Ingles store in LJ the customer service thing is sort of elevated and right there next yeah. to the front door. So maybe that's sort of what it is. But my, I mean he he had but to turn his head and see a monitor <laughs> and oh there's the guy. So uh, Cobra starts sneaking around following the sound of the gunman's threats. And I'm like, this is Stallone sneaking around like he thinks a person who sneaks around does. Like, like, this he's like, is what? A person who's high on cocaine, <laughs> the idea of sneaking. It is like, <clears throat> as we talk about so often, it's like someone that didn't bother 
We're too far along in the process well, like to bother said, with some police training. You always, I think you always say that like, this is how Stallone thinks a human would do this. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what it <laughs> this is. This is how it's Stallone like, thinks a human would sneak. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> it's like I, it defies all logic that he he's would not be crouching like behind that. any displays. Or he's just walking through. He's just sort of like sort looking of, around, <laughs> sort of yeah, dramatically looking around, mildly bent at the waist and knees, and like. Like, yeah, it's, it looks more like a Bob Bossy dancer team than it does a cop. So we see that the gunman has corralled four hostages and is simultaneously telling them to shut up and for the guy among them to stop touching the women. Like, dudes, like, get together, but don't touch the ladies. Like, dude's crazy. So then we see Cobra sneak up through the liquor section. Yeah. He, he slides a single champagne bottle aside to get a better look. <laughs> then with the gunman looking straight in his direction, he makes a, a sprint across the aisle to a different vantage and immediately gets spotted. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? No effort to hide He's here. like, he's looking at me. Better run now. <laughs> the gunman shoots in his direction but misses. Then the guy says he's going to kill all the hostages it's the way of the new world. He, he then says he's got a bomb and asks where the TV cameras are that he asked for. Cobra has taken refuge next to a massive sales display for Pepsi and Coors this, right yeah, next to each other. This is where the product placement starts to get out of control. It, def it defies all logic. This and over the top are the most egregious product <laughs> placement I've ever seen in movies. But yeah, why is the Pepsi and the Coors there side by right side? Right next to each other. I'll, and I love that he snags what is a room temperature <laughs> can of course. A tall boy takes a long swig, tosses the can out to get the attention of the gunman. He knows just where you are. Yeah. Right? The gunman knows where you're at. The gunman shows pinpoint accuracy and shoots the can. And then shoots up the Pepsi display. Which how so how did he miss Stallone earlier? Doesn't make any sense. So Cobra slides down the frozen food aisle where customers have <laughs> left the freezer doors open, which creates a very, again, like artsy <laughs> mist in the aisle. It looked awesome. Why have the hostages not run away? Why did they all just collectively decide to leave the freezer doors open? Why is the guy in the <laughs> wheelchair hiding his face like a child? <laughs> like if he can't if I can't see him, he can't see me. So the gunman rattles on about all the hostages being trash who deserve to die, which I'm like, what? Um Cobra continues to sneak around kind of sliding past several more displays for Pepsi. <laughs> Before the, there was Pepsi shit everywhere. Yes. He went by like five different Pepsi displays before finding a random PA mic on like <laughs> situated on a podium or something in the store. He picks it up and says, hey, dirtbag, you're lousy shot. I don't like lousy shots. You wasted the kid for nothing. Now I think it's time to waste you. And <laughs> we should mention that he's like in some serious like red exit sign lighting. Like the lighting is. Oh, yeah. Is excellent it's we're getting our first taste of what cobra is all about yeah. he is so, here to kill this man that's what i was saying like the guy the 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 hostage taker seems to be an okay shot when it's an inanimate object that he's trying to hit but, but he, he's like looking around all paranoid and crazy eyed well i think it's weird to move for cobra to be like antagonizing the man who's got a bunch of hostages right in front cobra of him. doesn't care <laughs> it Again, really doesn't yeah it's like like yeah we're starting to like, immediately seeing glimpse of him being just like what? What's happening? So he somehow has made it into the pot, like the walk-in freezer. Is there two doors to this thing? There 
can't be. No chance. Well, no chance. No unless, chance. Unless you left the store and there's a and there's another entrance like from the loading dock. Maybe that makes sense. There's but he a got, so he got outside. But he would have had to have left the store. <laughs> he would have to have left the store and come back in through. So anyway, he and pops why, out of the freezer. Why is there a light back there that has the brightness of a thousand suns <laughs> <laughs> shining from inside the freezer? So you can see the meat, my brother. So he pops the out. Mist, the mist and the backlighting. Yeah. He jumps out, gun drawn. Gunner repeats himself that he's got a bomb and says that he's going to kill this female hostage and then blow up the whole store. Stallone says, Cobra says, go ahead. I don't shop here. I like that As line. A, that one worked uh, for yeah, me. I was like, that was one of the only lines in this movie. Stallone. Uh, give Sal- a little credit where yeah, it's due. Stallone wrote that. That was pretty funny. But we do see, yeah, the guy's like holding, I guess what looks like a small pipe bomb or yeah, something in his yeah. hand. So there's a long stare down before Cobra continues. Hey, just relax, amigo. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. <laughs> If only we had a writer who could write (laughs) a good conversation. So he tucks his gun back into his balls. The gunman gunman says that he just wants the TV crew brought in, please. Cobra says he can't do that. And the gunman wants to know why. And Cobra says, I don't deal with psychos. I put them away. I put them away. So the gunman says he's no psycho. He insists. I'm no psycho. He is begging this man to blow up his bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He says says he's a hunter and a hero of the new world. So while the dude's rambling, we see Cobra secretly pulling a knife from his back pocket. There's no way that the gunman would have missed this or or would have allowed him to put his hands behind him. Uh, Do you think the gunman, is he like all doped up on something? I think he's just crazy. out of his mind. I think he's just crazy. I don't know. It's possible, I suppose. Anyway. Uh, Yeah, I think... A lot of these guys are just off their rockers. They, yeah. they're for whatever reason they've they've reached a point where they crack, and that's like people commit suicide. They just reach that point, and there's no turning back. So then he then Cobra says, "You're a disease, and I'm the cure." Another fucking cool tough guy line. Yeah, man. very cool. I feel like this is this is the coolest version of Stallone I think that we've ever seen. Even though the movie's awful, but the character is like his swagger was just all the way up. I feel like he'd had a huge year in 85 with, uh, with he is Rocky IV and Rambo 2. He is more palatable in this movie than he is trying to play. Uh, <laughs> the sensitive uh, father. Or 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 like the the comedic suit that in Tango and Cash. Oh, uh, yeah, Cash like or he, Tango. Like, he was Tango. He's not. It's not possible for him to play like that That role. It's just not him. You just got to be a hard ass. Yeah. Um. So... The gunman tries to turn the shotgun on Cobra, but Cobra flings the knife into the dude's chest and simultaneously draws his pistol after a, like, egregiously dubbed in, drop it! Drop it! Uh, <laughs> drop it! Cobra blows the guy away into a cooler full of cheese, looks like. Uh, someone, someone after the fact must have decided Cobra needed to give a warning before using, you know, deadly force or whatever because he absolutely did not say that line no. on the set that day. No. Drop it! Um, <laughs> they had to shoehorn it in. It oh, was like time. Drop it. So then he twirls his gun on his <laughs> finger, a la Robocop, and tucks it back into his pants. And we get another extreme close up of the grip. Oh, and that's the guy from the opening. It's Cobra. See? It would have been amazing. One of the, the gun just needs to go off one of those times. He sticks in there, <laughs> blows his dick off. Robocop Co- style. Yeah, exactly. Cobra slowly walks over, removes the bomb from the dead man's hand, then. Helps a female hostage to her feet. Yeah. And 
all of that because he's sensitive. I, I guess <laughs> so. He's not a cold-blooded killer. What you're saying to me is that he's conflicted. Kevin. That's all this reads to me. So anyway, outside, Cobra's mobbed by reporters as he exits the store. Why do they let the reporters just crowd on the crime scene like that? No, it doesn't happen in real life. Stone's like whipping his head around. Yeah, like he's like a circus animal. Yeah, is being like irritated by all the noise and the flashing lights. He's like moments away from just opening fire he's just, he's just <laughs> killing everyone so his partner gonzalez the newsy tries to keep all the reporters at bay as monty the suit cop attempts to answer all the questions monty says today's incident has nothing to do with quote the night slasher investigation A plot line we're completely unaware of yeah right so uh, yeah there there would have needed to have been audio during the the opening montage for for that line to pay off at all how did this movie not open with a night slasher killing i it I don't know. So how, yeah, and so how would, how would that guy, how would Monty know that? And why would he comment on it? He has no knowledge yeah. of what this is. He couldn't, no one could. Like if it's, if there's an open investigation, why would he immediately offer that information? That's, that's like yeah. what police work 101, talking to the press 101 with no comment at this time. He's just blabbing. Yeah. It's like the fuck. <laughs> I, I, I think it's probably because at this point they realize they're like, Oh, we haven't mentioned the night slasher at this point. It, we haven't mentioned that there's a death cult that, or one, a killer. And I anything. feel like Monty's motivation could be like, he wants to be a celebrity cop. Yeah. It's probably true. Yeah. Like I want to, I'll answer all your questions. Someone yeah. ask me a question, please. It's like the OJ investigation years before. So a hostile reporter asks Cobra if it was necessary for the situation to end with the death of a gunman. <laughs> that dude was Did you use unnecessarily, unnecessary deadly force? I used everything I had. I used everything I had. That the, dude was given like this whiny delivery. Like, did he have to die? Yeah. Did he have to, like, he's clearly a pinko, yeah. you know, reporter or whatever. Yeah, the reporter continues saying that people have rights and cops aren't the judge and jury. Gonzalez trades barbs with the reporter about whether criminals should have any rights. And <laughs> I think that the Constitution says that they should. So there's that. So Cobra takes matters into his own hands, grabs the reporter, whips the sheet off of a corpse of the guy, <laughs> the corpse of the guy that got shot. And it says, you tell that to his family. That's wow. What a disrespect to the dignity of the victim here. Yeah. Well, again, like no, none of these people has scruples. Um, Cobra storms away as Monty's left to pick up the pieces <laughs> with the Monty. press. Yeah, he's like, shit. I did, fuck. So, Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 we're all fine down here. How are you? It was one step short of the body like falling off the gurney or something. <laughs> right. Nothing to see here. Uh, so we cut to Venice Beach at sunset, and it's beautiful. Of course. With some cheesy music playing, and that's su- Suave or Suave by Miami Sound Machine. Oh, Gloria a, Estefan. Which, which is a, a band I've never been partial to but nah, whatever is an odd choice yeah in the movie but we're not in miami when couldn't help but notice all of these stallone movies from this era are filled with this like soft pop music like all of them it's odd i think that's what he as a man like as i think that's he what as a he human is he liked to listen to and he'd yeah, load pro- the soundtracks up probably a lot of Kenny like, Loggins it, it and Gloria like brought Stephane. him down when he was on, like when he was just out of his mind <laughs> or when he was listening to it. Maybe he thought it fucked harder than it did because he was so, so he loved that up. easy listening shit. <laughs> he, he loved Yacht Rock. <laughs> he did. So it, this smooth this music, seed, smooth music. This seed is the wackiest <laughs> and, and really starts to if you haven't if you haven't gathered from the little snippets we've seen so far it's like this is where we start to to really pick up on the fact that cobra's 
unhinged. She's got a personality disorder. So he pulls up to his apartment building and and is none too pleased to find a crew of Latinx dudes in a low rider lawfully parked <laughs> in a spot that we guess he, like they're just parked in a parallel parking space. He feels right there entitled along the beach. to that spot. He, he honks the they're horn. They're in a sweet Chevy Impala. Like yeah, this their car, car is sweet. He honks the horn and tells the guys to move it. And they're like, fuck you. So he uses his car to push the low rider forward enough into the empty parking space directly in front of them <laughs> so that he can park his car. And I guess maybe it's like, that is some bullshit, number one, but it's like he just didn't feel like backing up. He wa- he only wants to pull forward. He doesn't want to back into a parking I space. I feel like we're supposed to gather that the that the low rider was like taking two spots up, but it wasn't. He didn't. Pu- yeah, he he didn't pushed push- the car forward like 20 feet. Yeah, it's. Yeah. There's going to be damage to somebody's bumper. And we know Cobra adores this car, apparently, right? Like, right. why would he do this? It's just an odd He's move. He's insane. So, yeah. So the dude, the the Latinx guy, the, like the leader of this little merry band, gets out to inspect his bumper, slaps the hood of Cobra's car, and is like asking what his fucking problem is. Which justifies. Yeah, it's like, yeah, What the fuck absolutely. are you doing, dude? Cobra gets out of his car, and the dude's ready to like square off. Cobra tells him the dude's smoking. We should mention too. Cobra's like, "That's bad for your health." What I think it might have been. It might have been a joint. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, he's like, you know, like, what's bad for my health? And, and Cobra says, "Me." Me. He grabs the whole bottom portion of the guy's <laughs> face, which is the weirdest <laughs> flex I have ever seen. Grabs, you have that thing about face grabs touching. Grabs the whole bottom part of this guy's <laughs> face, including the <laughs> cigarette or joint, and the, like pulls it away. Like grabbing the cigarette or the joint out of his mouth, the blunt, and drops it on the ground. I feel like Stallone, the screenwriter, seems obsessed with making Cobra like the coolest, toughest dude on earth. Well, he, like, I'm telling but you, he's strong arming this man for no reason. Yeah. It feels borderline racist. That's what I'm saying is that like white America sees this and they're like, that's exactly how Latinos should be treated. <laughs> they're, they're in my, my, they're they're in my, my spot. parking spot. They are. They are taking our jobs. That's that's exactly what this is. So this is the most alpha move of this is an alpha. This is an alpha move that someone who wishes that they were an alpha writes into a movie. Um, uh, but the guy seems genuinely scared, which is also Stallone, right? It's like seems genuinely put off by all this. Cobra tells him to clean up his act. He rip he rips the guy's shirt. And just walks off. That's multiple crimes that Cobra just committed. I feel he assaulted this dude. He did a little hit and run. Yeah. Yeah. Destruction of property. (laughs) Uh, The guy abusing his authority. Yeah. The guy shouts some parting shots in in Spanish expletives. We we gather at Cobra. I heard a little like a little fuck your mother. Yeah. Fuck your mother. In there. His friends. All seem to be very supportive of him, though, which I which I appreciate that they're like, yeah, man. What's the fucking? We just witnessed a hate crime. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like what the hell? So Cobra, re- <laughs> as Cobra's walking into his building, he's reading the L.A. Times or some shit. Yeah, See, <laughs> because he, he's, he's sophisticated. Check, he's checking out. He's seeing if there are any uh, if there are any uh, columns about tango. <laughs> his alter his how alter many, ego. How many millions? How many millions? How many? <laughs> 
you tango in and you waltz out again. <laughs> so he's reading the newspaper. He's walking up to his apartment. Then in, in maybe the weirdest in the weirdest movie moment of all time. Until he, 30 seconds from now. He inexplicably lifts the lid off of a charcoal Weber grill that you can buy for $49.99 at your local Ace Hardware. Slaps the newspaper on the grill and covers it back up. Whose grill was that? It, it's what ha- is what the fuck is happening? Like, what is happening? What this, the fuck? This is where the paper goes. <laughs> like, like, is it something that never got paid off later that he was like, that, like, you know what? Does he use it as kindling? Does he use the paper to light I the grill? I just had a vision. Okay. They filmed the shit of him inside without a newspaper walking in first uh, and then like he's got to get rid of that newspaper good call he's got to do something with that newspaper put it on the grill <laughs> stick it on the grill Stallone. they probably said sly what would you do what put would cobra do put it on the grill put it on the grill because he's absolutely maybe stallone knew more than we're giving him credit for maybe stallone knew this guy was like had had Borderline personality <laughs> disorder. So anyway, he enters his sweet ass apartment. We can't quite tell that it's sweet yet, but what we do see in the opening shot of him like entering the apartment is he's got a big piece of plexiglass stood up next to a desk that looks like some beautiful mind shit is happening on it with like maps <laughs> and photos of suspects. <laughs> next to the door, right next to the door on a little table, there's a football trophy. Yeah. It looks like some like a Heisman ripoff or something. He's an amateur astronomer. We see the background far <laughs> off. That he's, he is either looking at the stars. The Stallone's <laughs> like, well, he's sophisticated. That's or, my mind. He's like, because Cobra's smart. He's a smart or, guy. Or he is looking at women like undress. Or he's just more like he's looking for possible criminals to kill. Or 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 he's just looking at the back wall of the building across <laughs> the street just because he's insane. I just imagine Stallone being like, no, he's, he's a smart guy. He's a modern-day Galileo. Constellations and shit. (laughs) So he tosses his keys on the counter, goes straight to the freezer, and retrieves a pizza box and an egg carton. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So the pizza Uh box, he opens it, and it contains one slice of pizza. (laughs) From the freezer. He Yes. He grabs a massive pair of... I mean, they're shears. They're like (laughs) shears. And, And... like I'm all for like having eaten pizza with other people. You like you take a big slice and you cut the slice in half, bottom to top or top to bottom to form uh. another slice. He like a psychopath cuts it in half and makes a smaller piece of pizza. A, a small crustless, triangle, a crustless piece of pizza, a small triangle. Maybe of he pizza, doesn't like the crust and just tosses the close. It doesn't even close the box. Just like lowers the lid and tosses the box over. He cut the shit with scissors. I want to also talk about how he is still wearing sunglasses and his driving gloves as well. Uh, he Dude, then opens that- the egg carton, which contains the equipment that he uses to clean his pistol. Sure, you got to keep that in the freezer, too, I guess. His apartment has a sweet-ass view of the coast, The, pi- the pizza was not frozen. No, the pizza was warm. Thank God. Like, I got, like room temperature. Or it could have been cold, but it wasn't icy. Like, what does, what does, what does, um, like, a free, what would a freezer do to your gun oil? Maybe as it turned all the way down to save on electricity? Like, that's what I'm thinking. Or his shit's just on the fritz, and it's all not right. quite cold, but, like... Or he's crazy and doesn't know where anything goes. That's all the proof I need to know. This dude's fucking insane. Yeah, he is batshit crazy. Just the way that he cut the pizza alone is like, what? 
Like Stallone made that choice. He's like, no, he cuts it. He like eats this. a little. He's one quarter of a slice of pizza a day. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if he read in some like mob affidavits or something about some crazy dude that was like, yeah, man, the dude was crazy. Cut the bottom tip of the pizza off and have ate you, it. Have you ever cut pizza with scissors before? No. I feel like I've seen someone do that because they didn't have a pizza cutter. And I'm like, fucking yeah. scissors? Do you not even have a knife? Yeah, just or just tear it and tr- just eyeball it. Just, just do your best. Just roll it up and eat it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Apartment has a sweet ass view. Dude, it also had like what appeared to be a video editing system, like on his on his desk. There was like for, two monitors, and it looked, like an, it looked like an old <laughs> for avid, video yes, evidence for rig and <laughs> and some primitive tools. There was like an awl and this like weird like two handed saw. I, I wish there'd been an astrolabe or something <laughs> like. Like it would have just complete the se- picture of just him being insane. A septant. Yeah. What like, is, that, is that what yeah, you used sex, to like? A sextant. A sextant. Yes. He had a sextant there. <laughs> so he flips on the TV and we get a classic Toys R Us holiday commercial. Dude, that was some nostalgic shit. It I was. remember that jingle. I, I read recently that they're getting ready to open dozens of Toys, Toys R Us, Us toys. Brick and mortar toy yeah. stores again. Yeah. They're back, baby. Yeah. I love that. COVID's been good for the toy industry, I guess. We got to get the kids out of, out of their uh, homes. So while he goes to work cleaning his pistol with his frozen gun machinery, (laughs) a news report cuts in. We hear that the Night Slasher has killed a 16th victim in just over a month. That's a fucking murder spree. Yeah, that's like... Even like serial killers would kill like two people a year. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, the the reporter says he struck for the... And they say he... Okay, uh-huh. so he's struck for the 16th time in just over a month's time, which good writing, Stallone. 16th time in just over a month's time. <laughs> Boo. The report apparently gets Cobra's attention because he finally takes his sunglasses off. What? Huh? You struck again? The report goes on to tell us that the latest victim was, quote, mutilated with a sharp instrument. All right. We also learn that there's no common threat among the victims. The Night Slasher preys upon anyone. Victims have included businessmen, Asian immigrants, the elderly, and in one case, a sexually assaulted child. The fuck? What? Why was that? That's just to show you how depraved this killer is. <laughs> the reporter says the city's in a panic. No one has a clue as to the killer's identity. She also says the killer's been crawling through windows, cut yeah. telephone wires, kills victims in their sleep, and that the victims have been killed with silent instruments such sure. as hammers, knives, axes, etc. Um, I would say that all of these, like, these are the common threads. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess that all they're saying is that there's no like it just bounces pinballing around. The victim could be anyone, right? Cobra twirls his gun and looks <laughs> contem- contemplatively out the window. Mm. But we he don't really like- see it. We see it is we see the reflection in the TV screen of him like looking out the window. It's like a very artsy uh, shot, and it's like, what it is weird, man? And that's the end of. The first act of this movie. You gotta love a well-timed movie newscast exposition. Yeah, I I, I am a big fan. Here we are, 20% of the way through the movie already, and this is like the first hint of a plot. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of um like the scene in Robocop where he walks into the convenience store and is like, we just sort of see what a badass he is at taking care of business. Yeah. 
and then but it's like uh yes, what what is happening in this what is happening in this movie i'm excited to see what happens next i am too i'm, I'm excited to talk about it. i'm gonna need more bourbon first do it so. pour it out <laughs> in the meantime we'll be back 